Latin American superstar, a fan club president, a murder? Hi, and welcome to the Enjoy an Album Crimecast. Today we're talking about Selena, one of the most celebrated Mexican-American entertainers of the late 20th century. And we're talking about crime. The case of Selena's murder was solved basically immediately. It was very obvious who did it and why. But we're two white guys with a podcast, so we're going to see if we can solve it even more. This is Enjoy an Album, The Selena Files. You're listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. Maybe we've had a little cold open at the start. This is the Enjoy Album Crimecast now. It's uh, f- another thrilling ep of Enjoy a Crime. Uh, yeah, we really get into it with uh, the death of uh, Queen of Latin Pop, uh, the Mexican Madonna herself, Selena. We have a little bit of an irreverent sense of humour. If we were a Netflix program we would be under the heading irreverent humor <laughs> so but i still don't think we're as glib as some uh, crime podcasts i've listened to like murder podcasts i don't think we're glib at all no i think we're reverent. we take a, a bit of a, a sideways look at yeah. crime we're like a tetris piece but not the square one or the long one the l one of the other ones the l the l. l for liam shaped. I don't have a... Alpha loser! There we go, <laughs> What's been going on in your life, my man? You said you wanted to tell me a story. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of begging it up a wee bit. But uh, I was in Newcastle, and... Um, Brag. Yeah, I had a couple of beers. Partook in a little reefer, me chance. What? Yeah, and I was back at the hotel by myself, <laughs> and I was in the bar by myself, and they were like, last orders, I was just trying to enjoy the vibes, um, and a band came on the radio, like a rock band, and I was like, oh, it's kind of just kind of boring, but like a, a song I hadn't heard, obviously knew with the production, but I was like, oh, who's that? And then this, the, the DJ came on and went, Wow, listen to that. Another great track by the new band Inhaler. And I, I'd heard Inhaler. I'd heard of them because there's a poster near me. New album Inhaler. It's this new rock band that's getting a big push right. from uh, the media. Guess whose son is the lead singer? you got to give me some clues. They're an Irish band. Shane McGowan. No. Um, Good, one, uh, along the right lines. Right, someone from Westlife. <laughs> no. 
Um, Indie rock post punk rock band from Ireland whose whose son is the lead singer. Oh, I'm talking huge. I think that's the pugs again. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, guess whose son is the lead singer? I'm trying to remember the name of, of the band. I'm trying to remember the, the name new of the band. big. I'm Irish trying to remember band. the name of the, the Irish band that I wanna the, the, the I can't remember. So you probably will say it. It's Bono's son. Oh, really? The new big rock band is Bono's son and his wee friends playing rock music. I wasn't even How thinking of that. fucking... The music industry is... Do you know the Ouroboros, the snake that eats its own tail? Yeah, yeah. The music industry is the Ouroboros, the snake that sucks its own cock. I mean, honestly... Ouroboros? At this time of year? <laughs> it's not the right word. Good <laughs> reference. I'm so furious about it, man. I was steaming. And did I you listen to said, it? Did you listen to it? It's fine. Did it sound like you too? It's no, right. But that's just such bullshit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't even guess it was Bono's son because you're like, well, that's too obvious. I didn't guess. I was thinking of other Irish like punk bands. Oh, is it the Subways? Is it uh, Stiff Little Fingers? No, it's fucking Bono's son. Is the new lead singer of the main new rock band? Insane. And it. Uh... Is his main guitarist called like the the curve? It's called Inside. <laughs> Bo Burnham's Inside is the guitarist. And and is, does he have a nickname like Bono? I think he's called like I don't know. Don't even know his name. I, do you know? What I heard that. I went, "Oh, who's this guy?" I looked up. I went, "Cause they didn't mention it in the poster. They don't mention it in the radio. They just play them. They just advertise them. And then you look them up on Wikipedia, and it's just such fucking privilege, such fucking gross." nepotistic privilege and I just wanted to scream. I've been doing this a lot with um with comedians recently and this is something like if we were to do an enjoy a comedian, the secret post show uh segment of this show would be every single week <laughs> and it would be on the same level as Wim Butler from Arcade Fire. Yeah. Literally it's crazy. think of what well, I I can't I don't think I should say any no. really, but just think of some of your favourite comedians uh, or or any sort of comedians that that you like that have been on a bit of telly. Give them a Google and uh you will be surprised how many of them went to uh, extremely uh expensive private schools. Not as baby. No, although Two maybe we're the, we're the secretest poshos of them all. Could be. This is our. Uh, I think I'm actually a secret scum. I mean, I have a double barreled name. I have, you know, I have a big microphone. <laughs> People might think I'm posh for those reasons. You know. I mean, look to 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 some people. Of course, we're posh. We'd we'd be you know. Well, bohemian artists. Probably realistically lower middle class. To be completely honest with you, with our. Um, current circumstances sure but raised working class yeah and that means something to who me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who i am please take me seriously me. Uh, i'm being rejected from both sides of the class <laughs> yes man yes uh hey this is a fun episode man it's like good to um do something uh with these i thought we were past arguing with each other turns out still doing it never of course not um but it's cool when there's a a really good story behind the artist uh that that people might not know so that's what i think is good about and it's it's cool when that good story gets absolutely 
brutally told by Netflix in a way that is so shite. That's not spoiling. Uh, thanks to Wumaki, Alex Harwood for the editing and the artwork respectively. Please continue uh, tweeting your good, nice things about the show and telling your friends our listenership is slowly climbing and that is thanks to you guys and your bloody word of mouth so we are very grateful uh for that if you cannot find it in yourself to review us on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever you do that next time you see an inhaler poster in the street cross out the lead singer's eyes and write bono's cunty son over his forehead that's what you should do for me thank you <laughs> enjoy and I'll start now Rolling Stone magazine's intro for Selena's Amor Prohibido. Tejana star Selena Quintanilla Perez may not have been long for this world. She died when she was just 23, but she remains one of America's most beloved singer-songwriters. At the heart of her regional Mexican masterwork, Amor Prohibido is a universal glittering pop core. The techno- Cumbia title track tells the real-life story of her grandparents who fell in love across class lines. It's a Latina fairy tale, if ever there was one. Amor Prohibido, meaning forbidden love, became one of the best-selling Latin albums of all time. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced more than half of those words, including Your English Latin ones. pronunciation needs a wee bit of work. It's Tejano. That's what I said. I said Tejano. No, you said... Tejano. Te- Tejana or something. I did not say Tejana. I said Tejana. <laughs> Tejano. Cumbia. Not Cumbia. It's not cum. It's cum. You're cumming in your pants over there trying to pronounce these words. You spent much time in Mexico, bro? Cumbia. What? You spent much time in Mexico? Have I... Sp- mentally, yes. I'm uh, absolutely embroiled in Mexican culture in terms of lucha libre. Have I, have I spoke to Mexican people? Have ever? I... Yeah. Have you, met, have you ever met a Mexican yeah. person? Yeah. When? Uh, I used to know a German girl who lived with a Mexican That's the girl same. who, and I spoke to him about literally Libre once, <laughs> and other Mexican stuff. Yep. And then I met him in the street once, and he went, "Oh hey, how's it going?" And, and you're the same spoke. height as Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, and I have a big hat, <laughs> and I'm really fast. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. Listen, I was cold reading. If I was going through it again, oh, I think I'd pronounce all those correctly. Well, let's give another bash then. Let's hear. It. No, no need. Okay. Uh, so what? How familiar are you with Tejano culture? Well, Tejano is a, a music style, right? Uh, no, it's kind of like Texas, like Spanish Texas. Do you know what I'm saying? Te- Tex-Mex. Um, Tex-Mex, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, when you go to a restaurant and all the food is Tex-Mex, is that type of thing? Yeah, but Tejano is also literally a musical style. Yeah, cumbia. <laughs> it's the cumbia inflected <laughs> with. How dare, how dare you say, no, that's not right. But it actually is. Well, yeah, that's what I said. You're such a shithead. <laughs> yeah, but Tejano, you know, there's a wrestler called Tejano who's a big Mexican guy who wears a cowboy hat and he has a bull rope. So it's kind of like cowboy culture meets authentic native 
makes cool shit. I think I think you're getting confused with Chicano. So Tejano. No, I'm talking about Tejano. Okay, so Tejano is from um, the late uh, 1800s when there was European migration into northern Mexico. So it's a mixture of European culture and Mexican folk culture. So it's the introduction the of the accordion um, to Mexican folk songs is the Tejano. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get that deep into it. Yeah, I uh, as in were... the actual I... the actual definition. I thought you had such a shallow understanding. I didn't want to make an unbalanced well, point. Well, t- turns out I know more Mexican than you. Not only am I the best Muslim knower, that is a reference to an episode five weeks ago, not a random stat I like to say about myself, um, but I'm also the best uh, Mexican music brand knower. So... Um, we're off to a flying start this week. There's going to be a quiz coming up as well for this ep. If you're we haven't interested. recorded together for a few weeks, and I can feel the tension. Yeah, well, I've just not had any arguments in weeks now, and I'm like raring to get back into so, it. So um, I'd never heard of Selena. I'm going to be completely honest. I can't believe I've never heard of her. I'm so obsessed with death, and uh, you know, I, I do, I do like Mexican culture and stuff. And I thought I just had a kind of understanding and most stuff. And then I was like, oh, this is quite an obscure choice. And then I go on Netflix and there's like a two part series about our life and death. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, I go on YouTube and there's oh, Beyonce is talking about her, Lady Gaga is talking about her, Shakira is talking about her. She's like a huge star. Jennifer Lopez played her um, in a movie and it, and it was Jennifer Lopez's breakout role. It yeah. was before she was uh, had even released any music, and that was before she was in Giggly. Mm. Before uh, she was in loads of stuff. So yeah, Selena was a big star, but then again, you know, um, this is a like Spanish language album. Um, she had uh, only recorded very few English language songs, some of which have never seen a light of day. Um, she w- was an incredibly huge star, but generally amongst sort of uh, Latin America. Uh, more so uh mo- and then mo- texas i think yeah but the majority of the sort of you know a traditional western recording world uh or, or its fans only really heard of her w- once her death was re- reported um yeah. so i don't think it's that crazy that we've not heard of her it's kind of i think it's such an indictment of music journalism that this album's included in this list because it's such a kind of like, oh, it's fun to write and talk about when someone dies and it's sick, twisted so you think, murder. So you think that, so, I mean, we, we, we're a bit early to actually talk about the album, but but uh, am I right in saying that you think that its inclusion is purely based on the backstory rather than the quality of the album? Well, let's get into the backstory then and then we can talk about that and then we can get into it. Okay, so... The music. There's a lot to say here. It's a big... We've got a big chunk of backstory, okay? Anybody who liked the Phil Spector uh, comp ep, you're in for a treat. We have another episode of Enjoy a Murder. I don't know if that's the the best name. It sounds like we're reveling a bit in it, you know? I, I, I Well, that that's what happens when I listen to these uh, true crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. I listen to one called 10 Minute Murder. The... Basically, it's a little 10 minute mini episode for all different murders. And uh, it's like, oh, it's the Brief and Bingeable Murder podcast. And I'm like, right, this podcast makes sense because it's like, oh, this this wouldn't necessarily need to be a podcast. This could just be a game we friends have where we go, I'll tell you what, let's listen to an album we've never heard of and then let's talk about it. For, like, that's a thing you could reasonably expect two people to do in real life. Who yeah. the fuck is like, hey, 
let's look into a murder and then we can talk about the murder in a week. Like that's not a conversation people have. That's an. Ins- we- I think true crime is such an insane genre. You want to do the quiz here right now? Right here, right? Because I brought up the topic by accident. I was going to wait a wee bit longer. Uh, it's kind of not about Selena. It's more about the podcast Ten Minute Murders. Right. By a guy called Joe. That's I'm what not, he releases. Not, I don't know him. I've not not heard of him. Well, here's the thing. He's got like a hundred podcasts, and do you know how we are like a small podcast with a devoted band of album enjoyers out there. Mm-hmm. This guy's got like two years worth of podcast, zero reviews, zero point zero out of five. How no did reviews. you find it? I looked up Selena Murder. So I'm right. going to give you seven episode titles okay. for uh, 10 Minute Murders by Joe. And you're going to need to tell me, is this a real episode or have I made it up? Okay. I'm excited about this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One. Episode one. The Murder of Selena. Well, that, sure. That's real. Correct. That's the one I listened to. One out of seven. This week. What's the prize this week? Um, if you get over five, mm-hmm. you get an extra pick on the playlist. Okay. I mean, I, I decide that, but that's fine. If you get, and by the way, I've got a couple of changes to the rules of the quiz, uh, a couple of changes to the playlist rules. But if you get under five, I get an extra pick, and I've already picked my extra pick. I disagree. I'm not having these. Uh... Okay. Question two. Mm-hmm. Is this a real? Episode title for 10 Minute Murders. Gap here, pedo. <laughs> I'm going to say no because I'm assuming it's American and they don't say pedo. And they wouldn't say pedo. They say pedophile, which is weird, but they wouldn't say gap gap year. Hey, hey, welcome to 10 Minute Murders. This week, it's gap year pedo. No, I'm not having to, that. Welcome to 10 Minute Murders, the bingeable brief murder podcast. I'm Joe. And this week... Gap your pedo. <laughs> pedo. It's, it's a, a pedo. it's a it's a real one actually. No, it isn't. There was a young. It's about this guy for Kent who went over. He was like a youth You're worker. Fucking like no, it's not. Look up, look up the fucking list. Is this British? It's an American guy, but I think he was known as the Gap Your Pedo in uh, the <laughs> newspapers here. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but if you're. If you're going on a gap year, that's after you finish school. So he was like, no, he, he, well, he was like nineteen. Oh, he was on his gap. He year. He was the pedo, yeah. He wasn't oh, pedo and gap year. Most people just kids. go fucking backpacking. You went to Malawi. That, that was whilst I was in university. Right. Okay. So you're not the okay. Right. Episode three. <laughs> Episode three. Tiny Joe's people sandwiches. <laughs> Well, his name is also Joe. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's him. Maybe he got. It. I don't think that's real. I think I think, I think you've you've shot your load a bit there by laughing so much. Tiny Joe's people sandwiches is a real episode <laughs> <laughs> of Ten Minute Murders. This is the best advert Ten Minute Murders has ever had. Oh my god, I, that's a real. Let's I think give it's about reviews. Go review Ten Minute Murders. Listen, guys. Nice listen, reviews. Don't, don't review us. Go give Joe a 10-minute murder. It's the brief, bingeable, true crime podcast. <laughs> okay, you got one right. This isn't looking good. Episode four, Slimcock Bumblebee Balls. It's <laughs> <laughs> not real. It's not real. I'd play along, Correct. but I need points. Correct. <laughs> okay, The Human Sacrifice of Mark Kilroy. That's real. Correct. 
Okay. Episode six. The human sacrifice of Robert Kilroy Silk. <laughs> <laughs> to shift or to shaft. Do you remember his game show? Shift. It yeah. was called Shafted. Shift or shaft. He's great. I like him. Episode you? seven. He's, I've not even given you an answer, but that's oh. not real. That's not real. Okay. And why yeah. do you like him? He was a big fucking UKIP guy. Big Tory, big UKIP. But his skin was such a great colour. Mm. Okay, episode seven. Bible John. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably real. Oh! Obviously, it's a real murderer, but it wasn't covered in 10 Minute Murders by Joe. So you have failed, and I get an extra pick. On no, you don't. But okay. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, so let's get into Selena, shall we? Um, yeah, I'm sorry for bringing the quiz in so early, but, you know, it's it's just such a weird genre to crime podcasts, you know? I, I agree. Have you, did you watch her, uh, the Netflix series about her? Two, two series, Netflix series? No, I haven't. Um, I watched the first episode and the last episode. I saw on Rotten Tomatoes it had a rating of 23%. Such is the dedication of this podcast team that Chris is willing to watch two episodes of such a lowly rated garbage TV show. What did you think? It, I don't understand. Like, I watched the first episode and the last episode and there was like what, 14 episodes in between that. Mm. I don't understand how, like, that was our whole life. Mm-hmm. I, I must, it's just, I guess, that I, I, I don't understand it. I would want to watch it now just to be like, how did you fill that time? Because the first episode done so much of her life and then the last episode is like the week before her murder and like the whole time after her murder. Um, Really crazy life. Do you want to, you, you, you kind of know a wee bit about her life, don't you? Yeah, let's let's get into the um to the bio. So No Secret Posh Show this week. Um. So, very similar to Miranda Lambert in that her life was shaped by the Texas oil crash. I also was just listening to an interview with a wrestler this morning, a guy from Texas, and he also had his childhood affected by the... Well, yeah, so um, her dad was a musician, but he opened a Tex-Mex restaurant that um, Selena and her brothers would uh, would play. She was a talented musician from a very young age. And then, yeah, the restaurant closed uh, during the 80s. Uh, due to the oil crises so again that's quite a few we've had on here who like had a big like effect from that which is weird it keeps coming up and there's another thing that later on in about half an hour time there's another re-emergence of a enjoy an album podcast trope which is like very cool i can't Uh, wait to hear that so they play tahana music which is like a sort of mexican german polka hybrid here's what happened in the show her dad was in like a jazz band when he was younger and that's why he was obsessed with his children making it when he never did. Mm. But then her first couple of years performing live, she would like play in old folks' homes and at county fairs and she would sing in English and she would sing like pop songs and like this type of stuff that her dad and everybody hated it. And then one day they were at like a county fair and they seen a Tejano band and everybody was dancing and it was in Spanish and he was like, right, this is what people are into. In this specific place, at this specific time, this is the music people. So it was kind of a cynical choice to start playing uh, the cumbia and the Tejano style music. But it's interesting because she actually didn't really speak um, Spanish either at the time. She says that. She's like, I don't speak Spanish. And her dad's like, I'll teach you. Abraham jumps in. Abraham Quintanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's. There. I mean, they started picking up steam as a Tejano band. They had trouble because Tejano was generally very male-dominated, and to see women being, like, the lead singers of Tejano bands was like, there were literally some clubs who were like, we're not booking you. That wouldn't that wouldn't fly here. We want the guys horny and the girls... Horned. To, 
horned up. We don't want the other way around. We don't want to be talking about the beady beady bomb bomb in here, all right? We want to be talking about the fucking skiddy skiddy scum scum. Um, but these those guys don't know whack, and you can't argue yeah. with a bit of commercial success. Um, she was uh, nominated for uh, the Tejano Music Award, Best Female mm-hmm. Performer, um, which she won, I believe, nine times in a row. Um, at the at the first one of those, nineteen eighty nine. Um, she was spotted by uh, record producers for EMI Latin, which is like their new Latin branch of EMI. Um, and they wanted to sign her, as did Sony. And there was a bit of a bidding war. And they went with EMI because they were like, okay, EMI, there's more chance of a big crossover album. And that's what we want to go with here. We want to yeah. hit the mainstream American market. And EMI signed her and were like, we're not going to do that. That's, there's no way that regular <laughs> Americans are ready for Latin music, and they put it off, and uh, you know, it eventually did come, but only after her death did they actually manage to release a, a sort of big crossover album, which ended up being one of the most successful albums of, of that decade in that genre. Um, yeah, so I just wait—I don't know if now's the time to talk about it, but I listened to that album, mm-hmm. um, and it's so much better than this album. <laughs> like. Yeah. A crossover thing. Maybe it's because it's literally designed to crossover with white people who speak English. But I feel like if you are somebody who grew up speaking English and then you just learn Spanish because your dad wanted you to appeal to Spanish people, when you do your crossover around, that is actually you being you. Also, the production is just a hundred times better. Let's 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 put a okay. pin in this. Put okay. a pin in this. Sorry. Jump in the gun. Um, so like, I love least... to jump the gun. Yeah, I know you've jumped the gun about five times already this episode. The gun has been stomp- stomped on. The gun is a trampoline at this point. That's the way I like it. Um, so she released uh, her albums were getting progressively uh, more and more successful until she released this, um, Amor Prohibido. Amor Prohibido, Forbidden Love. Which was uh, yeah, in, in terms of Latin American music. One of the biggest success stories they've ever had. In terms of Tejano music, it was like the most successful Tejano album basically of all time. Um, it was like number one in the Mexican music charts for over a year. Um, just I listened crazy. to a wee bit of uh, other Tejano singers. Mm. Just to see if the thing I didn't like about this album and the songs on it was a genre thing or a just this album thing. Uh, the Tejano thing of... I don't know where it comes from, if it's the cowboy side or the uh, European folk side or the Spanish side, mm. but do you know that kind of jam block sound? Like a cowbell is like, tonk, tonk, tonk. Mm-hmm. Talk this through every single fucking song on this album. It's so, just leaps out the mix and just tonk, tonk, tonk. Do you know that you're jumping the gun again? I'm not, I'm, I'm foreshadowing. It's not foreshadowing. We talk, we talk about the life. And uh-huh. then we talk about the album. Oh, yeah. That's how we've done it for the last 22 weeks. What a crazy death she had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let me, le- let is me lead. Is that also jumping the... Okay, let me lead. lead. This is like a dance we do. I, hate, lead. I hate dancing with well, you. You should try it. I'm going to open my can. Wait a minute. Put it on phone. Put up slow dancing in a burning room with you. <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, hanging out with some vultures. By John Mayer. Mm. Um, so, Amor Prohibido released huge success. Um, meanwhile, she's like touring, um, you know, Texas and some other southern states, as well as doing big Mexican tours. Um, and a lady 
um, called Yolanda Saldivar, a registered nurse. Originally, did not like Selena. Yeah. Because Selena was knocking her favourite Tejano musicians off the charts. Shelly? Her favourite singer was a lassie called Shelly. I I listened to her as well. Same problem with the jam block. It's the genre. Yolanda uh, eventually went to see Selena Mm. and... Loved it. Mind blown. This young Tejano superstar could convince with her voice and her moves. Then Yolanda was searching around for... Uh, you know, uh, she wanted a souvenir program and there was not one to be sold. She was like, this is crazy. <clears throat> so she managed to get in touch with um, Selena's family and suggested that she set up the Selena fan club. Mm-hmm. And after a bit persuading, her dad was like, okay, it could be good exposure. You can run the Selena fan club. <laughs> and slowly, Yolanda began to integrate herself further and further into the life and world of Selena, her family, and her business. Yeah. Uh, she ran the fan club for a number of years, and it's like, you know, old pop star fan club, you give them some money, you get a t-shirt, and uh, I think it was a, a trivia sheet, a Selena trivia sheet would get sent with fun facts about your favourite Tejano star. Uh, and Selena branched out into business, started uh, opening, like, uh, fashion Perfumes. shops. And... Uh, releasing perfume. Yolanda eventually ended up running the salons and the fashion shops. Uh, although everybody who worked for her absolutely fucking hated her and said that yeah. whenever Selena was out the room, she was this horrible, mean woman and she kept sacking people. But as soon as Selena come back, she'd be like, Selena, how you doing? Oh my God, yeah. And they, they, they were getting on fine. Uh, and eventually they were looking at some financial records and they realised that Yolanda had been um, forging signatures on cheques to embezzle money from the salons. She whilst, was embezzling. Whilst also uh, fans were signing up to the fan club and then just never receiving any goods. She was just pocketing the money. Have uh, you ever been in a fan club? No. Even when you were a wee boy? You went in the Kiss Army or anything? You think I was listening to Kiss when I was a wee boy? Maybe not. Tell this listen to boys soon. I don't believe I was ever in a fan. It's the sort of thing if I took to my parents and went, um, "Mummy, mummy, I've been told if I if I just pay ten pounds, I could join the Backstreet Boys fan club." Yeah. My mum would go, "No, it's probably paedophiles that run that." Yeah. Have I told probably you that story? Probably a gap year pedo. Have I told you the story about the Harry Potter thing? Was the Harry Potter thing? When we first got a computer, I loved <laughs> I loved Harry Potter. Yeah. So I, I typed in harrypotter.com to see if there was a Harry yeah. Potter website. And the main splash on the front page was, we are making a Harry Potter film. If you would like to audition, send a video <laughs> of you reading a paragraph from the book and telling a joke. And it's open auditions. And yeah. I went to my mum. I was like, mum, there's a Harry Potter film. I wanted to be an actor. I was doing drama club. Mum, do you know how I'm at drama school, by the way? <laughs> I want... I, you know, I was, what, eight or nine, something like that. Mum, mummy, mummy, they want you to send a video and you could be in Harry Potter. I could be Harry Potter. And my mum said, no, probably it's probably paedophiles. Mm. I was like, no, 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 look, it's the Harry Potter. It's the official, it's the official website. Look, no, it'd be paedophiles. The internet's full of paedophiles. And now I'm fucking here and Daniel Radcliffe is sitting in his LA mansion. Just not, What I'm, character do you think you could have been? I don't see you as a Harry, no offence. Well, maybe not now, because you're so, 
you're so used to the you're so preconditioned to the Harry that you you already know. But you could have been an Oliver Wood. Shout out to Sean Biggerstaff. You could have been a you know a Malfoy or something. No, no, Malfoy. Maybe if you bleached your hair, you could be a Malfoy. I could be a Malfoy. I could be a Harry. I'm a what? You don't have a kind enough face to be Harry, no offence. Not now, because I had, I've had i had 12 extra years of hard life on the streets. Living in the University of Life, School of Hard Knocks, yeah. Daniel okay. Radcliffe's been pampered. He looks kind of fucked now as well, to be fair. I think he I think he had some issues. <laughs> right. So did you, though. So, so it's 1-0. You're right. This, uh, this, uh, Let's I'll get... tell you what, I'll tell you what the most fucking disappointing thing about this Netflix series that you should not watch. Mm. If you're going to watch it, watch the first episode and the last episode. This is all over the place this week, but go on. No, it's not. This is good. All I will say is, you think, oh, well, they're spending two series leading up to this woman who died tragically in a crazy murder. Mm. Spoiler alert, she's dead. Um... I bet the scene where she dies is going to be so dramatic and crazy. They don't even show it. That, that is they crazy. don't even show the death. Okay, well, I'm going to talk you through the death, okay? Um, so they realised that Yolanda had been stealing money. Um, she apparently was just totally obsessed with Selena, and uh, they found her in her apartment after. was a bit like, you know that Alan Partridge scene where he goes back to that guy's Jed Maxwell house, Jed Maxwell's mm-hmm. house, and there's, uh, there's posters, posters everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was a bit like that. Um so there was uh, all, uh, prior to the actual murder there was four sort of potential attempts um by Yolanda on Selena's uh life uh, and they all kind of have different circumstances. So Yolanda went and bought a gun mm-hmm. uh while she was arguing with the family about finances and she bought those bullets that like basically like um explode on impact. Um so that they cause more damage. Yeah. The the hollow point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm a big I'm a big bullet guy, not a lot of bullet. <laughs> and uh, the vibrators, right? Yeah, I like pin them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so there was a few times like she arranged to meet her at a car park and then they went and had a chat, but then they actually left on good terms, so she didn't do it then and they arranged another time to meet in a hotel room but the word got out that selena was going to be at this hotel still hundreds of fans there so it was probably too many witnesses so then uh yolanda went and took the gun back um to the gun shop and was like oh i don't actually want this um but then a week later went and bought the same gun again so there was lots of like you know it's predetermined is like the big thing here is like there was lots of evidence that there was, you know, this was like an arranged, definite thing rather than a uh, a sort of uh, reactionary. Um, eventually, Yolanda uh, phoned Selena and claimed that she'd been sexually assaulted, um, and was you know was like come and come and help you know come and chat to me in my hotel room, um, and Selena went to meet her. Um, according to people in the hotel, it sounded like. They were arguing, and then they heard a gunshot. Selena ran out of the uh, hotel room, down to the lobby, um, and collapsed, uh, and was like bleeding like crazy. Ambulance was called, was there only under two minutes from being called, but by the time they got to her, she was already dead. That was how quick she bled out. Um, Before she died, she said to the receptionist, the woman in that room shot me. Yep, she said that. That's kind of what makes me go... 
You know, I think it was her. <laughs> uh, and then Yolanda drove off, uh, was quickly cornered by the police, uh, refused to get out of her car, pointed the gun towards her own head, um, said, if you come near me, I'm going to shoot myself. Um, she said, um, what was it? Uh, she, at first she said it was an accident. Um, yeah. And then she said the gun just went off by itself. That never happens. Um, and then she said that she had, uh, she was trying, to, she she'd been with Selena and had been pointing a gun at her own head, threatening to kill herself then, um, before deciding to shoot Selena. Um, what what we can, what you know is that the bullet wound is in her back, so Selena had obviously turned <laughs> away, and it had gone through. This woman's lies just, they don't add up. It went, and it went through, I've got the name of the artery here, um, let's see. Pulmonoid, I'm guessing pulmonoid. Sub-clav- subclavian, the right subclavian artery. Um, so she lost all the blood, or basically all the blood in her body very quickly to the point when we tried to um, inject her when they arrived, um, it like shattered the vein. That's how dry it was that it just like oh, broke geez. it. Um, so she was, you know, she was dead very, very quickly. Um, eventually, Yolanda was taken out of the car and, and arrested. Um, she was, uh, it was, you know, it was a huge... Well, it's a global news story because she was such a big star. A lot of the Western world was saying, like, who is this woman that everyone, you know, she's front page of the New York Times, never heard of her. But the Latino community, there was, like, vigils, candlelight vigils, and there was traffic for days around her house, so people were trying to pay their respects. And she got, they got personal messages from Gloria Estevan, Madonna, and the Clintons. Um, and then Yolanda the was sentenced to life in prison with, parole after 30 years so she's still in prison now uh well she can't she still hasn't reached parole yet she's been in there for 25 years um she has to be in isolation for 23 hours a day um the mexican mafia put a price on her head um because they love selena so much um people talk a lot about how the mexican mafia are bad guys because all this you know el jefe stuff uh but they're actually quite cool sometimes yeah, and also the the authorities are just like concerned that a Selena fan will be in prison and be like, "Hey, you killed Selena, I'm gonna fuck you up." I so, think they should. I think they should though. You think you think they should kill her? Yeah. Wow. See, did you know there's this thing in um in Mexican gang culture where if somebody is like rude or horrible or violent towards a disabled person, the mafia, well not the mafia, but like the the gangs will attack them because in their culture obviously in our culture you shouldn't do that either but it's like it's like a big no-no in mexican culture right and and you think that's like this yeah well they just have a kind of sense of right and wrong mm. obviously they're like there's a lot of bad stuff going on as well but i think if you are going to be the killers in a society you should be killing for the right reason i you're an asshole who killed selena or you hit disabled people make fun <laughs> of disabled people they're the people who should be dead. So why not have the mafia or the gangs attack those people? So you believe in retributive justice, basically? 100%, yeah. Okay. Sometimes. There's a big philosophical debate that I don't think we should really get into here. I love this murder. Like, <laughs> in terms of, like, craziness, like, how crazy... Like, obviously, Phil Spector was pretty crazy mm. when he was, like, you know, doing all that well, stuff. Well, he said the same thing. He said, oh, the gun just went off. It's a classic excuse. What a panic. Uh, Selena, right, so this is from the 2020. My hairdryer just turned on. <laughs> it just turned on. It was plugged it in, happens. and it just turned on. Oh, that 
that that adult film on the hotel TV came on. Oh, it just came on. <laughs> Selena, twenty twenty. She right. So there's a documentary on twenty twenty. You've seen it, haven't you? I've seen uh, the interview. Yeah, uh, my favorite bit is uh, when they get this guy called Doctor Malloy, who's a behavioral psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> Big Malloy, and. The journalist says, though he never examined her, we asked the psychologist to examine the footage of our interview with her for homicidal behavior. Dr. Malloy says the strangest clue is that she brought a gun to their final meeting. (laughs) Really? You think the fact that she brought a gun is a big clue to the fact that she shot her? It's such a bad documentary. So did the interview with her is very interesting as well. She's basically like, the guy's asking her like, so why did you do it? And she's like, well, who's to say I did do it? And he's like, well, the the judge and jury. The blood all over the walls. She's like, well, I've actually learned recently that there's some new interesting information, which, uh..." (laughs) and the guy's like, well, come on, tell her. She's like, oh, I couldn't, I can't say. He's like, no, 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 this is your one chance. You're already in prison for life. So, like, right now, if there's other stuff you need to say, you need to say it. She's yeah. like, ah, I couldn't. Ah, well, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand it. No. She's like, oh, me and Selena actually told me something really interesting before she died. And you'll never know. And it's like she just wants to keep this sick connection she has with mm-hmm. a beautiful, young, talented woman who she had business dealings with. Yeah. She just wants to keep that alive and nobody else can have her. Because she's just a crazy mental person. Um, did you hear about the Howard Stern stuff after uh, her... Um... Yeah, are you a big Stern head? No. No. He's I a big like shock jock. Like... Anyway, right, so... Uh, after He's a shock and jockey. After Selena um, died, and uh, I listened to this, this is on YouTube, um, the clip. Uh, Howard Stern is doing his shock jock radio thing, and he's sort of... Him and his news anchor, a uh, lady called Robin... Uh, sort of chatting about it, and he's like, "Hey, I never heard of her. I never even fucking heard of this. I hate Spanish music, though. Spanish, like he says, Spanish music is about as uh, soulful as Alvin as Alvin and the Chipmunks, which I mm-hmm. think comes a lot. It uh, says a lot coming from a guy who recently said his favorite band was Royal Blood. Um... Did he really? <laughs> Did Howard Stern say that? <laughs> no, Howard. That's the worst thing I've ever heard him say. And I literally just heard that other thing he said. He said, um, and yeah, so he said, um, well, they, they they made fun of her music. They made fun of her death. And then he played some of her songs whilst uh, adding like gunshot sound effects. Um, yeah. She was known as the, the Latin Madonna. And then they did a lot of jokes like, hey, who's the Chinese Madonna? And did like a sort of Chinese voice or whatever. You know, it's pretty <laughs> fucked up stuff. Um, and like, the Latin community went ape shit, and they were like, "We're boycotting your show." Um, some advertisers like threatened to pull out, and that's when people really get the shits up. So the next week, he apologized uh, in Spanish um, on the wow. show, and then a couple weeks later, and this was what I hinted at earlier, um, uh, Stern's sort of co-host, that girl Robin, I've forgotten, her, I can't find her surname, but um, was on Jay Leno, right, the Tonight Show. Um, and so well, she, she, I don't think she had the cultural heft as a sidekick to be on the Jay Leno show. Well, so. she's on the Jay Leno show, right? And I think it's because of the outcry oh, okay. surrounding this event, right? So she's defending it and she's saying, oh, well, Howard's like a character, you know? So it's like, he's not really saying it. He's sort of playing a character when he's doing the show. 
And uh, the second guest is enjoying album trope Hall of Famer Linda Ronstadt. And you, and you, and you, she would show up, man. She comes out right, and it's really cool to watch. Yes, actually, because you know, like it's one of those shows where. Like, the guests do come out and sit alongside each other, like Graham Norton or something. But Linda Ronstadt is ostensibly there to talk about Linda Ronstadt, right? But she comes out. Uh Jay's like, hey, how are you? And Linda's like, I just want to say, and it's not my position maybe to comment on what your guests have said, but I think... She's a Latina herself. I think Howard Stern is not a character. It's not clear that he's playing a character, a comedic thing. Uh, And the, the, the... remarks that he made were just really offensive and unnecessary and he should apologize to to everybody right now so i'm like fucking this is why we love linda man she's cool she like she put herself out there this is like 1995 or whatever 94 on national television you go fucking girl but then and this thing kind of sucks about the clip right they kind of argue and it's like it's like watching a twitter argument in 2021 okay uh it is like seeing the same arguments between the council culture, right wing, and like the accountability. It's freedom of speech. Oh my God. And the audience are 100% siding with the other chick. They're all, woo! And when Linda talks to her, going, boo! Linda's going, oh, look, it's just really offensive. I'm from Mex- Mexican heritage, and you know, you don't understand what it's like to be a Latino person in this country. And then. Someone dies and it's like a really important to us and you just make fun of it and it's really disgusting and people go, Boo! Boo! You suck! It's a crazy murder. I think it's interesting as well, all that, because it's like, it reminds me that this whole council culture thing is not new the way it's presented. You know what I mean? The way... The The only thing that's changing is the way people feel about it and how many people feel for it and against it yeah but you had people then 1994 boycotting a radio station because of like a supposed joke that a comedian said and apparently according to like the right wing guys today that's not something that happened that happened back then that's a new thing yeah yeah yeah. it's not how did the murder affect your enjoyment of the music (laughs) do you want to frame that question a bit differently Yeah, really big. Really loved it. I was, <laughs> I I played gunshots over it actually. No, I'm saying how did her life story and your knowledge about it affect the way that you well, listen to of, the album kind of, as a piece of art? That's a running a running sort of question for the whole series, though, isn't it? Of of how much do we separate the sort of the the art from the artist and 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 their life story and what we know about them so it's kind of an opposite to a secret post show is that you know does it have an added significance because we know of uh, how untimely her death was um mm-hmm. uh, i i think it definitely affected it because it has this real tinge of sadness to young woman taking prime of her life literally about to do the big crossover album that always wanted had had just recorded mm-hmm. it all um, and so there's this whole tinge of sadness. The the issue with the album for me, and it's not even with the album, it's with my own relationship with the album, is that it's another of these albums that's not in the English language. So then the only connection you can make with it is really just the music and the voice. Um, and that's not to say you can't enjoy it. You know, we had the un, uh, the indescribable beat of Soweto. Well, what's it called? No, it's, it's not the indescribable. Indestructible beat of Soweto. It's not indescribable. It is describable. We described it for an hour <laughs> together. <laughs> Which, you know, of course, is not in English. Um, but I still like really 
found I was able to enjoy that, and it really like transported me to the place. Whereas this, uh, it has that the the Tejano accordion stuff. I can kind of be like, yeah, you know, I kind of it's like a cultural experience, but there is a lot of kind of nineties esque musical tropes happening that make it sound pretty dated. I remember you saying that about the Shakira album. Mm, same thing. But I think, looking back, this made me appreciate that album a lot more. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean well, here's the thing. Because of um, Selena's death, it was, that was kind of end of the road for Tejano music. And what came in its place in terms of the mainstream Latin music was Latin pop. So uh-huh. Selena dying really made the way for that Shakira album to be the success it was. Yeah, I think i seen a clip of Shakira singing um, Amor Prohibido. Yeah, which is obviously unsurprising uh, that that she would have big big influences there. Um, So, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, There are a few songs in it that I, you know, have enjoyed listening to. It's one of these albums. I wonder what my neighbours must fucking think, man, because, like, I I have, like, a a communal area behind my sort of um, the door where I'm sitting right now. And, you know, it's warm. I've been there. And I'm so jealous of your little space. It seems I like love it, nice man. So I sit here with the door open, listening yeah. to music all day, basically. But like, you know, in the run up to the recording, I'm just listening to whatever album. And sometimes that's okay when it's muddy waters. I'm like, if I'm a na- if I see my neighbours walking by with their shopping and they're hearing me listen to muddy waters, I'm like, hey, they must think I'm a cool cultured dude. But sometimes it's like Lady Gaga oh. or Selena, and I'm like, they must be like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Listening to Amor Prohibido. Bidi bidi bam bam. Ah. A bidi bidi bam. A bidi bidi bam 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 Oh. Mysterious girl, Peter Andre. <laughs> Why did you keep bringing that up? <laughs> I am. Um... <laughs> I think one of the things about uh, the record that you need to take into account is the production is absolute ass. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't know if I've made the edit, but literally all the way through the record, there's this cowbell donk sound, like a donk, 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 and it just cuts right through the mix. It scrapes the inside of your brain through your ear. It's fucking filthy. And I think what you need to take into account is the fact that this was pretty much produced and recorded by her family, and her brother was the producer for a lot of it. So it's really... You know, it's not a professional guy who's made this record. Yeah, it's AB, her brother. I listened. I, I listened. There's a good interview with him recently, where like you know, twenty years after sister's death, they sit them down and go, "It's this guy called Randy Beamer from the San Antonio Voice is doing this." <laughs> <laughs> and listen, we've all had a Randy Beamer. <laughs> If I wrote a sketch and there was a character called Randy Beamer, people were like, no, it's too, too much. That's his fucking name. Randy Beamer. He actually spoke to Selena. Like, he's been a journalist in San Antonio for a long time. Mm. And he's been a TV presence and he spoke to her when she was alive and stuff. And So it's kind of like a reunion of these two and it kind of goes through the brothers' whole musical journey, what, what his influences were. He was really into like, metal music, which made me like him a lot. He was really into like, G.K. Lee and Randy Rhodes, who were Ozzy Osbourne's two uh, guitarists when he made solo records in the 80s. And it made me go. And then I listened back to that album, and there was a wee bit of that met pure cheesy 80s lead guitar in a couple of the later tracks. But really, I would say don't listen 
If you want to listen to Selena, this isn't the album to listen um, to. Yeah. I the ne- the one after the... this. Did you listen to the one after this at all? Yeah, I have listened to it. Uh, it has some songs. Uh, so the album after this is called Dreaming of You. Yeah. Um, and it has a mix of English language songs and in some language. So Amor Prohibido is uh, is on that album as Techno-cumbia. well. Techno-cumbia. Bomb Bomb. And Techno-cumbia. And what did you think of that? Um, it's kind of similar with all the songs in that I kind of like... It was fun to listen to once, mm-hmm. but I probably won't go back to it. Well, they do, a, couple parts. They do, they do like... a literal remix where they have a reggae guy come in and talk over it, like a dub remix of Techno Cumbria yeah. on the next album, and it's so much. I know it sounds cheesy, like the guy's like, yeah, listen up, this is real music, and he puts this on. Ooh. That's what he sounds like, that's what he says. Ooh. Well, how am I supposed to say it? Oh, this Jamaican guy comes on and he's like, "This is real music." I guess that would work actually. <laughs> a Jamaican guy says, "This is real music." Wow, then... Linda Ronstadt's gonna come on next week and tell you off for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the woman with no voice. All right, I'm scared of that. Jesus. <laughs> no reason to go after Linda Ronstadt so hard there. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, there, there was some like "Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb" is like a fun song, and I no, like, it's not. Um... It's a bad song, and that's what really annoys me. Is because see, in the last episode of the Selena show on Netflix, this is the song they play when it's like what a life she lived, and it's her on stage in an arena, and there's like everybody in the crowd has the. I mean, it looks like they got their phones up, but you wouldn't have iPhones then. So I guess it's like hmm. camera flashes, and the whole crowd's waving, and she's like surrounded in darkness and she's like singing beady beady bomb bomb like that's a fucking swan song the song sucks <laughs> it's literally i liked um, a beady beady bam bam i liked um Kabade. i liked the sort of trumpets yeah. in that i thought yeah. it'd be quite fun more traditional uh, mexican music i like that as well that's it yeah and um is it is it uh i think it's just step precios that has the, the big accordion kind of waltz <laughs> thing in it as well which yeah. i like i like the accordion waltz, waltz i thought the title track was cool I'm a Forbidden love. Forbidden love. Amor prohibido. So it's okay to do that voice? Right, okay, good. As long as we just know what voices we can and cannot do. When they're very accurate impressions. Okay. Amor prohibido, it sounds like one of those Mexican like um, soap operas. I think it probably is. This week on Forbidden Love. This week on Amor Prohibido, Juarez has no dick. <laughs> That's why it's forbidden. <laughs> Big Juarez. <laughs> Sitting there with the absolute Kendo smooth balls, man. Ay, caramba. Where's your dick gone? Caliente. Burned off. Fuego. <laughs> What okay. a great soap opera. If you've ever listened to this and you hear the beginning of the episode when we talk about um, our editor, Will, okay? Right now, uh, if if this much has stayed, if that impression of a Mexican soap opera has stayed, then I want I want to be clear, that's Will's decision. He decides what stays and what doesn't. I, I think that bit should So stay. if you enjoyed it, that's on Will. I, I think that's a, a, a parody of a genre, not of a race of people. Hmm. I think that's that's how I would uh, describe it. That's a parody in the form, you know. When mm. Will Ferrell 
who I believe made for Netflix a whole series of, uh, what's the name of the Mexican soap operas? Telenovas, I believe they're called. And yes, I'm culturally sensitive enough to actually know that they're called telenovas. Telenovelas. So when I done a wee voice where a guy had his cock and balls burned off, (laughs) that was what I was parodying. Not, you know, that. That's Uh, how how I would defend myself well, if you're listening. Yeah. I, I, I found I found this album a little bit impenetrable. Um, Next album is fucking amazing. Well, are you jumping the gun again? No, we're already talking about the next album. Are we? Oh, the next album. Sorry, I'm not I talking about we, the on, Kinks. <laughs> I thought that's what you meant. No, I'm saying the album that Selena released post posthumously, which I don't understand mm-hmm. why that isn't the one on this. It has a. It has all the good songs on this record remixed mm-hmm. so is that the donk, dick donk you know, an actual guy who works in a studio has turned them down on the EQ. Then you got yeah. a, a duet. Will Farrell hasn't added the, the cowbell. Yeah. Then you got uh, a duet with David Byrne of the Talking Heads. Absolutely cool. And then you got all this, uh, all, the, all the songs are just much better. Um, listen to that. Don't listen to this. That's what I would say. If you wanted yeah. to enjoy an album. Yeah, I just I, I I think it's I think it's a partly on the album, some of the stuff you've said like the production and 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 partly on it's kind of not aging the best. I think it's partly on me as well. Like in terms of this, I mean, I am so far removed from this album's target demographic that there's a, a point at which I go, was I ever gonna really enjoy a sort of revolutionary Mexican uh, genre of music? being reclaimed by a, a young woman you know what i mean like did you not in, go to see a mexican band on your stag day well i mean it kind of sums up my point i, I went to see a mexican band doing morrissey covers you know uh-huh. what i mean so that there's a in in right there's a there's a way for me into that whereas this is kind of impenetrable to me because like you know it's just like form so it's this form of music that i have absolutely no background in knowing anything about sung in a language i don't speak uh-huh. so like i guess what i'm saying is i, I don't know how fairly i can like p- properly critique it sure all i can do is on a base level and go right i guess did i enjoy listening to it and it's like well some bits yeah but mostly i'm probably never going to return to this you know it's not it's not for me so i just i just don't want to be overly harsh on the artiste when i think the context here is that i am just a dumb white bitch I think you need to take those criticisms, you need to internalise them, and you need to reshape the way you understand art. But also I disagree. Also I agree with you, I meant to say. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, I thought that Dreaming of You, the 1995 album that was released posthumously, uh, you know, months after she died, global mm-hmm. crossover mega smash, way better than this. Why is that not on the list? The stupid fucking list. I hate the list. Ineptly uh, assembled list by Rolling Stone magazine. Chris, did you enjoy an album? No. Did you enjoy an album? Not really. No. They should have put much, Dreaming of You on it. Much love to Selena. Do you know what? Yeah, I did enjoy an album. I enjoyed Dreaming of You. I thought that was good. Uh, I, I enjoy Selena. She's great. Did you enjoy Murder? See... No. No, I didn't. There's no good that. answer to that. No. <laughs> I liked Le- I was an interesting person. <laughs> interesting person. Interesting person. Interesting, interesting music, yeah, very interesting, but not enjoyable. Yeah, okay, right. Let's do. Let's argue about the playlist tracks. Um, I'm, I'm, you, you, you're gonna claim that you've got two, uh, 
um, bonus tracks this week, but I, I, ah. I'm gonna I'm gonna rate that on um, uh, on how well attached they are to the chat we've had. Okay, I'm absolutely sick of my rule that it has to be mentioned in the body of the text before we get to playlist. I think it sh- players should be more about. I mean, I mean, you 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 added the rule and it's only been here for two weeks and you've broken it twice, but that's fine. Right. Good. As long as the connection isn't overly tenuous. Okay. Here's. So let's have the track from the album first. Right, I found it. Where is it? Yep. It's called... Um... Oh, from the album? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably put on the title track. I'm off Prohibido. I mean Prohibido. Okay, from the album, I'm going to put on Cobarde. Yeah, that's, I, that was going to be my second choice. I think, I think Cobarde is really cool. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your uh, saucy playlist pick? Um, I am going to choose... Is it a, a... whole Howard Stern radio episode? <laughs> No, it's another more recent Latin Royal American Blood band. <laughs> oh, okay. No, Jesus Christ. Uh, Royal Blood aren't like that. Uh, They're all right, but it's not, it should be your favourite band when you're a 16 year old man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's kind of a lame favourite band for Howard Stern to have. I, I enjoyed Royal Blood's first album. I don't want to be overly shitty to you. I thought it would um, be cool if, you know, Queens of Stone Age didn't have any kind of character or personality and just had the bass sound. I think that would be a great idea for a band. Fucking uh, idiots, Royal Blood. Shut up, Royal Blood. Idiots. I think the, I, I think I, I quite like the first album. Okay. Um, I am gonna put in another Latin American band, mm-hmm. um, with a heavy Mexican influences. Um, they're called Chicano Batman. Um, why are you shaking your head? No, just okay. Just a bad name for a band, isn't it? Chicano. Well, it's like a, it's like a, a sort of Mexican superhero kind of. Uh huh. Anyway, they they wear these like great big frilly shirts and they play sort of uh funky mexican uh rock music are they uh, legitimately latino yes because i found this but when i was looking up cool african music i found this band who were, had like a crazy like they were called like the afronauts and it was like psychedelic space funk and i was like amazing looked up a bunch of white guys i was like oh, come on you can't call yourself the afronauts when you're white no no they are latino and um they actually um they spoke about um, Selena in an interview because they were talking about the Selena movie um, and a scene in which Selena went and played like some places areas outside of Texas and how mm-hmm. uh, much they were hated. Now they're not from Texas; they're from LA, but LA obviously has a huge um, Latino population as well. Uh, Los Angeles and Texas were both in Mexico. Sorry, Los Angeles and Texas were both in Mexico. Oh right, yes. Yeah, sorry, I misheard. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I'm gonna put in this song. It's a great song called "Freedom Is Free." Um, I first, I can't remember how I first came across them. I, I think it was li- literally like live coverage of some festival that I was watching and they were playing before the band that I tuned in and I was like, these guys are fucking very cool. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my choice. Okay. Just to be disagreeable, my choice this week is Freedom Isn't Free from the Team America soundtrack. <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, oh, that is a good song. My... Just because I was like, okay, this is a pop song by a woman who doesn't... Well, she does speak English. She's bilingual. But, you know, I don't like it for some reason. But then there's this song by an artist called Miki Matsubura. Matsubara. She's a city pop singer. So she's in the 80s in Japan. There's this whole genre of city pop. Kind of plastic American pop done by Japanese artists. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kinda, it was unfashionable, but it kind of came back out of style, and the song's called uh, Mayonaka No Door, forward slash Stay With Me. And it's like, stay with me, 
And it's so, like, so is your connection here that it's a woman who speaks a different language that I like? So it's like, what is it about this song that I like, whereas I don't like this, even though it has the exact right, same problems? Okay. That's borderline. Let's hear the other one. Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne, because her brother really liked uh, Randy Rhodes and J.K. Lee's uh, guitar style in an interview that I read with Randy Beamer on uh, the San Antonio Voice. So You're not my... having the Japanese one. You can have that one. How? That's way more legit. I'm trying to get more international fucking uh, female artist on this playlist to make it a bit less fucking royal blood and you're just there's no, there's no royal blood on the playlist no but it's the vibe of royal blood isn't it sometimes so you've literally gone so listen to a woman from a different country here's a different woman from a different country a completely different country so if somebody said to so me listen Christopher... to a Mexican no 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 no, no, no. Uh, listen to a Mexican star how about a Japanese one that's if, mad. If, if somebody said to me, oh, you like uh, Banana Yashimoto's uh, novel Kitchen, the Japanese writer, well, why don't you try uh, a, a Mexican author? You know, Carmen, whatever her name is, that mad woman who wrote In the in the, in the Dream House. Carmen, my, I've read her book as well, I can't remember her name. Well, I, I, if somebody said to me, oh, you like a translated novel by a Japanese writer, by a female Japanese writer, why don't you listen to a translated novel by a Japanese-Spanish writer? Oh, great, okay. And I have well, done but that. you wouldn't you wouldn't care at all if they were similar or like uh, uh, same genre pop music. Ever heard of that? You Reese's pieces, fucking piece of shit. <laughs> this is fine to do this. This isn't upset. I'm not saying oh well they're not they're not white. So okay, basically, well then, well then I'm just saying they're both. Well then you don't get good. I'll put that in another week when Ozzy Osbourne shows up. As he better, okay. he fucking better. Those are great albums. <laughs> the, the the lack of disrespect the lack not the lack the lack of disrespect the lack of respect shown to heavy metal on this list so far has been atrocious mm-hmm. one hip hop record one hardcore punk record zero metal how many country western singers have we listened to uh, uh, well, I'm with you yeah and your dog agrees as well I heard them there you go heard her. Is, uh, sorry uh, there we go sorry I get I get all worked up um it's my dog barking at other dogs. I would say put both on put Oz Osborne and well, um, I'm not going to do that. Ozzy Osbourne doesn't make it. Sorry. Me so, too, uh, next week, we are listening to Brighton indie pop rockers, The Kooks. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> Can you get your dog on a fucking leash? Okay, we're, not listening to the, we're not listening to the Baja man, Liam. Pause. It's a wee joke. Don't pause it. That's a wee joke about um, the Baja man let the dogs out. Also, even if Liam doesn't, he's away from the microphone just now, Well, but even if he doesn't actually put it on the playlist, if you're listening to this, I highly recommend put on Ozzy Osbourne and put on Stay With Me by uh, Miku Matsubara. They're both really good tracks. I listened to the Ozzy Osbourne song today, Bark at the Moon. Put that on the playlist. Put that on your own playlist. Hey, man. Sorry about oh, that. he's back. He's back. I wasn't. My dog wouldn't come back to me. I wasn't talking to Will while we were going around. I wasn't good. talking to the listener. Telling them to uh, make their own playlists. So, who are we listening to next week? Next week, it's The Kinks. With their bit of a flop album, Something Else. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed Enjoy a Murder. We hope you've enjoyed Enjoy an Album. We hope you enjoy your week. Ooh, some people do and don't. Well, we hope we hope you enjoy We your hope week. you enjoy your week. But if you haven't enjoyed it, we don't blame you. This has been Enjoy an Album. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Love you.